Happy Witchy Wednesday. It's Leah Knauer and Rachel LaForest, your basic witches. And today in the quote studio, we have my friend Jessica Michelle Singleton. She's a comedian, writer, performer, podcast host of Two Filthy Nerds, multifaceted human, as we talk about in the episode. She's so funny and amazing, and you all are going to love her as much as we do. Yes, and there was a lot of wisdom shared in this episode, which reminds me of our moon circle that we had virtually Mm. um, on the recent full moon. Uh, Everyone was just, during our burn-in share, having the most like profound but simple things come Mm. through. Mm Mm-hmm. And what, the card that we pulled to open that ceremony was wisdom, and that card keeps fucking showing up. So, mm. uh, yeah, so if you want to join one of our other virtual moon circles or join our Patreon, you can go to our Instagram, at Basic Witches, and there's a little link in bio where you can click to do all of that. And when you're done listening to this episode, we have another Soul Fire Network show that we think you should definitely check out. It's Sarah Small's show, The Uncensored Empath. Sarah is your no BS spiritual guide. She's had a 15-year journey with chronic illness, um, experience with loss and grief, and an insatiable desire to integrate the darkness into the light. She supports uh, empaths and highly sensitive people to create a body, business, and life that they love through a blend of energy, neuroscience, spirituality, and intuition. So we already know you all are going to love her show. So check out the Uncensored Empath right after you And now check out (laughs) this this Uncensored episode. episode. Also, I love all this Harry Potter stuff. Yeah, this is... (laughs) This is the backdrop for my podcast with Nicole, Amy Schreiber, Two Filthy Nerds, but mm-hmm. it also just gets the best natural light. So I was like, <laughs> I've had to do my other podcast right here. And it's too, I'm too lazy to take it all down. So people are always like, wow, big Harry Potter fan. And I'm like, it's a, it's a set, kind of. I mean, I am, but I probably wouldn't have done this normally. Yeah. It's one part of who you are as a complex human. Yeah. I I get it. Were you always into Harry Potter before before you guys started the podcast? Yeah. So I'm definitely just redoing my bun right now in front of you guys. Sorry. But um, (laughs) I have always been a huge Harry Potter dork. I think I was like quiet about it. Like I I didn't make the fact that I love Harry Potter my whole personality or anything. Although now it (laughs) is. Um... But I just, the books kind of came out when, like, I was the same age as Harry Potter when the books were dropping, and I was just a book nerd, and I loved it. And so our podcast used to just be a shit-talking one, like, a you know, one of the million podcasts where there's no point. We're just like, maybe people care about what we think. <laughs> and it, it was fine, but once quarantine hit, we were like, we got to do something else, because we can't just every week be like, man, this is bleak. <laughs> So, yeah, I kind of was like, well, why don't we read Harry Potter? She had never read it. She had never seen the movies. So I was like, why don't we just sort of deep dive and deep dive, excuse me, into different nerd franchises together, but we'll start with Harry Potter. So it'll just be like one very long season of Harry Potter. And it's been fun. I mean, it's been interesting with all the JK Rowling stuff popping up, having to regularly be like, and just so you know, we... 
that she sucks as well. <laughs> Already really uh, deep in this, and I we're <laughs> arguably being those of like I'm like whatever. Art separate the art from the artist. I'm like good. We're becoming those people. Great, perfect. Um, with oh yeah, you guys have what is during virtue? Yeah, <laughs> I only recently. But the deck is uh, good. The deck is good. Yeah, no, I have one too. I have angel or oracle cards. I think. Oh no, wait. I think I have some. Wait, let me look really fast. My bookcase yes. is like right here. I don't think they're Doreen Virtue, actually. Let me. She's got a NASA shirt. I knew you were going to notice that. Um, oh, that's. They're Doreen Virtue and Radley Valentine. I literally, it was one of those take a book, leave a book things uh, in my old neighborhood, and someone yes. left these, and I was like, snatched, which probably means yeah. they're cursed. Um, oh. I'm like, I mean, please. I know that found me right next to a Jordan Peterson book. That's fun. Um, I have not even opened them. Like I had a roommate that used to, she had several different Doreen Virtue decks and every once in a while we'd take them out and just do our own, like, let's look in the cards. But it's so funny. They've been sitting on my shelf for have you a couple of years them now. Or like kind of... How do you cleanse? Energy? Tell me how to cleanse them. You could um, do salt. You could literally put salt on them and leave them under the moon. Or you could uh, smoke something. Weed, rosemary. Could, could light Palo on crack. Or sage or crack. crack. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to cleanse these cards. I'm just cracked out. Just like, it's for the angels. <laughs> the angels are speaking to me. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, that's what that is. They're like, that's angel <laughs> dust. Um, yes. Um, <laughs> well, well, I didn't know that you were witchy. I, I'm not. Like, I, uh, I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle of being, like, skeptically spiritual. Like, there's a big part of me that wants to dive more into it, but I still have that sort of almost atheist internal monologue of, like, fucking grow up. Like I could be getting Reiki and be like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And then I'd be like, you're making this up in your head. Like it's its own weird internal monologue of the older I get, the more into it I get, but absolutely. And it's, I would love to get to a point where I could let go of that small part of me that still comes up and is critical and self-judging about what it makes you a comedian because, probably <laughs> that you're critical and judging the world and commenting on it and mm-hmm. myself as well yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. it goes hand in hand yeah and but I wish I could do anything in that realm <laughs> and just go, yep, I accept that you think that the stars are telling you, but then I'm like, but, it, but yes, I mean, I'm not for the record for anyone listening. I'm not literally having these conversations out loud or anything, but it's, that's where I'm at. <laughs> it, like, can be loud. Last- it might not be allowed, but it can be loud. I'm oh sure. yeah. Your own brain can be a fucking loud nightmare. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so it, it definitely potter oh, that i want to know what about harry potter obviously is magic and that drew you in mm. well yeah so it's like of course i'm a little witchy i think it was just originally for me a it was escapist and i think mm. that's why people are, are jumping on to any podcast right now especially but like a lot of people who are finding ours it's like oh yeah let me get back into this completely different world of mm-hmm. magic but I was at an age, I was like sixth grade, I think. 
where I don't know, I had just moved across the country and didn't have a lot of friends in my new place. And I think, and definitely had, I, I definitely had a tumultuous home life as a child. And it sort of offered me this escape into a whole different world. And also just at that age, or I think at any age, the idea of magic or that there could be some other force or power that could work in your favor is, is appealing to everyone. And then as someone, I think in a, I mean, I'm sure there's some sort of arrested development attachment to this, but as someone who was in like a shitty uh, family household situation at that time in my life, this idea that um, something else would come along and be like, actually, there's this whole other world where you'll be really loved and everything's going to be, you know, not all rainbows and sunshine, but it's like a whole different place where people will be excited about you. I think not to be too like... That's so like cheesy and emotional, but I think that definitely offered something for me at that age. Well, for sure. It's like the idea of, I mean, it's kind of like, um, higher self almost. Yes. You break it down like psychologically and like your other self or your higher self is empowered literally with magical powers that you're allowed to use in this other place. (laughs) Yes. So it was like, it's just this sort of idea that there could be something better, something more exciting, something more fun. Um, Like similar to real life, Harry Potter has like good magic and bad magic and people who are on the right side. And so it like, it mimics real life while also being escapism. Absolutely. So it's like you, there could be so much more out there for you, but you also have to, you know, with great, you know, whatever power comes great responsibility, I guess. So it's like the more you become aware of, you know, how bigger Spider-Man Why are you quoting Spider-Man <laughs> to be Harry Potter? Honestly, I feel like they took that from someone, but <laughs> yeah, probably not. I think they yeah. did. Yeah. It's such a great quote. It's a good, I'm becoming a dork. Uh, because of my <laughs> Next time you see me, I'll just be in full cosplay. I'll be like, what? <laughs> this is who I am now. I kind of feel like that with our podcast though. Like I was a little witchy, wouldn't really call myself openly a witch, but then I think Rachel would agree when we started the podcast, it's like, well, it's out there now. Now I'm like, I have a crystal wallpaper behind me, you know? Yes. Well, I think that's anything. You have a little interest in it. And then especially with podcasting, it's like, now you almost have the excuse of, well, like I need to know more about it for the podcast. Mm -hmm. And the more you start ingesting, I think anything you have a little bit of interest in, it just ignites that flame. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure if I, especially cause I'm a workaholic. So I n- almost need the excuse of it's part of my work to really get into anything. I'm sure if I got involved in any type of witchy astrology, anything as you know, like, Oh, it's, it's part of what I do for work. I would, I would go full blown. Like <laughs> Stevie Nicks is an amateur. Like I would just <laughs> be lighting everything fire. Like I'm casting spells. It's, I mean, and, and all this stuff is very cool and very interesting to me. It's, I mean, I think anyone who's had any experience with, um, you know, is anything as small as like reading a horoscope in a newspaper or a magazine, or if you have ever had someone read your tarot cards or, you know, go to a psychic, even if it's like, oh, there's a $5 psychic on the beach or whatever. There's at least a little bit of part in, in everyone who, as soon as someone says one little thing, or there's one thing you can glom onto, you're like, there's, this is some serious. Oh, yeah. I had yeah. a magical, magical moment the other day. I was going for a walk with my boyfriend and like, 
he said, he said, everything is going to be okay. And then I said, everything is going to be okay. And then literally right in front of us, this beautiful flower fell from the tree that we were right under. And like, I, we both stopped and I like picked up the flower. I was like, holy shit. Like that was our sign that like, it's all good. Oh my God. Yeah. I could judge that as like, no, it's just a fucking flower that fell from a tree, but I'm choosing to acknowledge that as like, Oh, the universe is like looking out for me. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. And yeah, that that's that's like the whole thing with this human experience. There is no meaning and there's also everything can have meaning mm. and it's it's up to each individual to find their own meaning. Like there's not one thing that we're all searching for. It's each Absolutely. individual. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. And when you look at it that way, it's very beautiful because there is this sort of bleak nihilistic way of looking at the world where you can go, nothing matters. But it's also, you can use that as a gift where it's like, well, if nothing really matters, then that like, can do why what not I actually want? Go? Yeah. It's like, then let's go for, if nothing matters, let's go for something big. Let's believe yes. in what we feel good about. Um, mm-hmm. I call myself a smilist, an optimistic nihilist. Oh my God. I love that. Like, cause I do agree that there's, there's no inherent meaning to life, but yes. I'm optimistic that I can make it amazing then. Yeah. And you can choose a, a meaning. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that, I love that smileless. That's, that's so, such <laughs> so a great good. phrase. <laughs> you should coin that and trademark it and now you're a life coach. Hooray. <laughs> Workaholic is coming out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, okay, that leads me to a great question because I was journaling today and I was saying like, it's crazy how, speaking of perspective, it's crazy how I'm currently living my like teenage self's dream where I don't have to go to work. I don't have to get dressed. I don't have to put makeup on. I just get to hang out and watch movies and make art, you know, with the pandemic. But like me as yeah. an adult, workaholic me that like loves creating and loves working and I, I love what I do this is now a nightmare and it was yeah. so, it was so interesting realizing that like whoa who to thunk yeah like not having that thing that you have to go do or that like how you have a deadline for or just mm-hmm. a place you have to be it really does put you in this sort of crazy identity crisis because I've been going through the same thing of like if I could shut that off, what a gift to like, just be able to create and really lean into it. But there's that part of you that's like, what, what's the future hold? What is it going to look like? And you're going to fail if you don't work really hard all the time. Yeah. And it's, I think we're all getting a taste of, um, being instead of doing. Yes. Um, And like, that is an identity because we've shaped everything in this culture around doing yeah. and you are what you do. Literally when you meet people, they go, Hey, I'm Rachel. What do you do? Yes. Well, what do you do? Crazy. Instead of like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I think, and I've known this for a while, but it's like, you know, the difference between logically understanding something and then really being in it can be a huge gap. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, we attach so much of quote who we are to what we do, which yeah. isn't, who anyone is, you know what I mean? It's all these, I'm a podcast host. I, even things is like, like I said earlier about how, you know, I've always loved Harry Potter, but I didn't make it part of my identity. And that's a thing that people do that they, I love this. And now that's part of who I am. And we have this rare moment of, which can be very hard, like sitting with our thoughts and really having to look at like who, 
am I when you erase all of the mm. activities that I've mm. stayed mm-hmm. busy with? Mm-hmm. And not only who am I, it's like, do I love me too? Yes. Like people are being faced with that right now, being stuck mm. inside with no, dis- like less distractions. Yeah. It's like, do I, do I know me? And do I even like me? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's and like, like so yeah, many well, how, cause how much of, yeah. I, well, yeah. It's, like how much of staying busy with work, but even like people who are very social and it's not even work related, mm-hmm. like in a way that can be its own form of escapist from having to deal with, yeah, you know, people who hate thinking about who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, how many people turn their phone off ever? I used to not, I've now, I'm now doing a practice of one day a week, completely turned off. Oh my God. I love that. I'm it's scary at first. Yeah. Well, cause we have this immediacy of what if I miss something and it's like, what the fuck am I going to miss in a pandemic besides them being like, it magically went away. So <laughs> we're fine. Something like, worse happened. Yeah. Yeah. That it's, and that right now my phone is basically like a machine telling me about all these things I can't control. So yeah. it's like, Oh good. Another thing that I can't stop. So I'll just fret about that. Yes. Oh yep. my God. Such a good point. God, I love that you've made it to turning the phone. I'm at like, <laughs> keep the phone away from my bedside at mm. night. So I don't wake up and immediately scroll. Like that's where I've made it. That's to. a really good place to be though. Yeah. I mean, progress. it's definitely better than what I was doing. And I think a lot of people are doing We wake up and immediately start scrolling and it's doomsday. How does your morning look now? It's a far cry from where I would like it to be. (laughs) Um, I've been someone who has been like, if I just get a routine, things will be really great for the past decade. I think with (laughs) that's like looking for a routine. Yeah, talking about the things I would like to do and never doing them. Fun. That's a good, that's a great person. I want to be around. <laughs> um, but it's, it's baby steps of like, I aspire to be a person who journals every day that it's like, yeah, I read half of the first chapter of The Artist's Way. I get it. It really you know? does work. <laughs> Which, by the way, I bought the workbook and I'm ready to start again. Oh. But that's sort of... I'm a starter. I'm a great I'm starter. So <laughs> yeah. I took this characteristic, like character strengths test. So my therapist... Hello, I'm bringing oh, up yeah, we live, we um, live in therapy land. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, it took her, she suggested, she's like, well, do you know about the artist way? And I'm like, all right, well, if the therapist says it, maybe I should actually do it. It's like, I know about it, but it was, it almost felt like a separate activity that any type of self-care, I'm such a workaholic that like, I'll get to it, but I prioritize work first. Mm-hmm. And I go like, yeah, yeah, it's working out, meditating. I got to finish this. You got to make that your work. Make self-care yes. your work. Yeah, absolutely. And I- it's more apparent now when it, when I have no one to be accountable to besides myself that I'm like, Oh, I'm neglecting journaling for 10 minutes because I I need to record something about Harry Potter. Like relax. Priorities. (laughs) Absolutely. So it's at least I wake up, don't look at the phone until I've walked my dogs and fed them. So nice. That's a little bit of freedom in there. It's a little, it's this much, but it's better than I, I was. Uh, so, you know, baby steps. And then I, I'm very up and down. Like I have the journal, you know, and it's mm-hmm. all ready to go. I'm like, I've got a gratitude journal. I've got, 
got my just morning pages and it's still like, you know, not a routine every day, yeah. but no, such a big bridge to getting mm-hmm. to where you need to be. I think for anyone, because I think a lot of people don't even know how important some of that is. Cause mm-hmm. as a society, we've put so much emphasis on work, work, work mm-hmm. that people think that that's the number one thing. And right. then, Especially like with all this time. You somewhere. Yeah. And I think that's so important for people to realize is that it's easy to, with, you know, social media, Instagram, it's easy to compare yourself to other people. But especially now when there are influencers whose entire online identity is like this sort of spiritual self-love mm-hmm. where all they do is work on themselves instead of, you know, looking at a baby step someone can do. Someone like me who is a workaholic who maybe has never done anything really for self-care and they always put themselves last. They look at someone like that and they're comparing everything mm. to what they do. So you try to do all of it and you can't. And you burn sure. out. But yeah. they had, they had yeah. to get there somewhere, you know? Exactly. They weren't always so it's that like, way. All right, just get up and put on some moisturizer. Like wash exactly. your face. <laughs> get no, yourself it's really, 10 minutes. It's really that simple sometimes. Yeah, but you know, so... Well, have you heard of, um, there's this book, Atomic Habits, and not to add to your to-do list, but I'll just give you one that I think would help Pulling my phone out to... Yeah, she already got it. (laughs) Well, I'll just give you this one takeaway, which is called Habit Stacking. Habit Stacking? Yeah. And the book kind of talks about the mechanics in the brain of like truly how much effort it can take to try to form a new habit. It's very hard. It's hard to break old habits and it's hard to form new habits. But if you can habit stack, that's a technique of something that you've already formed as a habit, attach one new habit onto it. So, like, so it's like I brush my teeth and then I journal. Yep. Mm. And you just... you just Jokes and you guys never brush my teeth. <laughs> okay. So it's like, then you start to sort of like mentally put them together. That it's like, like using a train track that's already been laid instead of building a new that's one. That's great. Wow. I love that. <laughs> I, yeah, I got myself to oil pull for a few months doing that. And I, oh my God, my tooth is better. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. I remember when I oil peel, pulled for like three days and then <laughs> I forgot about it till you said it just now. And I was what like, oh, yes. Not, what were you doing it for? I think like I read that you should. Getting toxins out. I don't know. Like, is it legit? Like, I healed my eczema. I have eczema sometimes and like I oil pull and it legit pulls the toxins out. So it does work. How often do you do it? Well, I really only do it when I want to whiten my teeth or when I like have a breakout of some oh, sort. Oh, teeth whitening. Oh yeah, it's mm-hmm. great. And are you doing coconut oil? That's what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been so long since I did it. I went through, I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis oh. in like 2013. So mm. I've been through several phases of really gung-ho starting different things that would help. And like, like there was a diet I did once for three weeks and it made me feel amazing. And I am always like, mm. when I was on that diet, <laughs> like, oh, I, I, like, I got to get back on that diet. <laughs> but yeah, so I've been through little, yeah, it's just, it's been hard to make the habit, but I've gained little pieces of knowledge of like, oh, I'll try this. I'll try that. So I think that's what the oil pulling was just like. Um, oil pulling in the shower is very meditative and that's habit stacking as well. Mm. That's great. Mm-hmm. Do you think with, do you spit the coconut oil out in the shower? Yes. Is this a oh, question? No, 
trash not can in the shower trash, trash can. can okay i was like yeah. that's bad for the yeah because it's grease okay. yeah yeah and it'll like solidify probably It'll harden uh, yeah right oh, i wasn't doing that but i just was like is anyone else yeah. am i wasting am i taking no, an extra step unnecessarily that's a good okay. question and don't do it in the toilet either no, or it'll sink, clog your you know, shit up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like grease in a pan. You don't really want to always dump that down the drain. You want to... No, you got to put it somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Perfect. JMS, can we talk about your show at Edinburgh? Oh my God, yeah. Well, sure. It was called Codependent Arising. Speaking of... <laughs> oh, it's, it's crazy because I wrote it about a 10-day silent meditation. I did. I did a Vipassana meditation in the desert. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I was just very like spiraling mentally and like I needed to do something to feel okay. So I was, I was all over the map, but I was like, I started taking guitar lessons. I quit after one. I was like, this isn't it. Um, and I signed up for this 10 day meditation. And of course all my friends are like, you can't be silent for 10 seconds. Like, how are you? Yeah. Like, how did that go? (laughs) The weird thing is, is that like, Obviously, at the time, I didn't know it was preparing me for this, but like, uh, it was hard. And by day seven, because I mean, you go and there's other women in there and um, mine happened to be in Joshua Tree, which is great. Uh, There's like a retreat center. So you're sharing a very minimalist room. You bring your own sheets and pillow and it's very sort of like camp type cabins, but, um, you share a room with three other women and you're not even supposed to make eye contact. Like you're silent and no, no, like nonverbal communication. You're supposed to just keep to yourself. Um, and they wake you up at like 4am. There's someone who goes around with a bell and we would walk to this. It sort of seemed like a church. It was just sort of a big empty building that I guess could have been used as a church, but it was, everyone has their mat on the floor and you get your spot the first day and that's where you stay. Like this is, you come to your seat every day and you'd meditate in like two to two and a half hour chunks and they would take little breaks and you come back. And there's like a teacher there kind of guiding you through that this specific type of meditation process, which is really just like learning to be in your body, but becoming aware of sensations that you feel in your body. Um, so the whole practice is built around the idea of impermanence. And so you're using physical feeling in your body to, uh, to learn how to not react to situations. So it's, you're sitting and, you know, you'll feel like, you know, and and you're kind of scanning your body for things, but you'll feel like an itch on your nose and you're supposed to just like let it pass. Or when you're sitting for a long time, you just end up in like, serious pain like your hips are like motherfucker move yeah and you just sort of it's this process of letting things flow through you like it's teaching you to observe things as they come up and not Mm. you know crave more of them but also not like try to push it away because in this meditation practice called vipassana which um was i guess a thing that was you know buddha that sounds so weird it's no you don't have to be Buddhist to do. I'm not a Buddhist, um, which it's fine if you are. I'm just not. But uh, he he sort of was the person who started this practice, and it kind of went away. And this man in maybe the 70s or 80s kind of reignited teaching this type of meditation. Um, but the the whole process is, uh, or what it's rooted in, is, is this idea that. Um, when we react to something coming up, like an emotion or an outside thing that we're doing, um, that creates more 
like trapped energy in our body, basically. Mm -hmm. So like when, when you feel sad, but instead of just letting yourself feel sad, you're like, nope, suck it up. You're now like piling on top of that. Yeah. Cause you're judging instead of yeah. accepting. And it calls caras. It they may say like it, bad things in your body. I mean, it's, it's that's cartoonish. That's just the way I pictured it. <laughs> um, but so it's like the more you can just let things come up and, and you do start having like emotional things. And that's where my show idea came from. Like you start, wow. You're, I mean, you're just in your thoughts. I started having flashbacks mm. and just like reliving things. And it can be very hard for people. A lot of people don't make it all 10 days. Um, on about day seven, I was like, I felt legitimately out of my mind. Like mm. I was like snapping. Um, I'm curious um, how the first conversation went after that. Like first <laughs> time. What's talked. so funny is that at the end, like you, the last like day before you leave, it's technically 10 days has passed and there's just like the rest of the day, but you meditate until noon. Like you, it's still silent. And then at noon they break the silence. And it's funny because we got to like meet the men at the other camp afterwards and just chat with them a little. And they seemed very like chill and relaxed. The minute they lifted silence with the with women, it was like an explosion, <laughs> which is just a testament to, to how women love to connect. And they're like, "Oh my god, hi!" And it was it was just as beautiful. Like I had had one or two moments with my roommate, which was technically breaking like the silence where we had like made eye contact and we're like, "Oh shit!" in the thing, and she was like, "I just feel like you get me," and it was really. It was funny. It was an explosion of sound as soon as they love were like, it. silence is lifted. It was like, boom. And then you're I love your voices. crystal necklace. I've wanted to tell you for 10 days. <laughs> right. And you're just finding out who all these people are. It's people from so many different backgrounds. And like, then you're hearing voices that you wouldn't have assumed someone sounded like, which Whoa. is interesting. Like, oh, that's There was one woman with just a super deep voice. And she was this very like tiny, frail woman. And she's just like, well, you know, this is my third one. And you're like, holy shit. <laughs> uh, it was, like it felt really. That show the voice when they turn around and they're like, whoa, you don't look <laughs> like I thought. Yeah. It's like, you don't sound like I would have imagined. And it's, what's cool. Cause you have this like connection with this person. Cause they went through this mm. serious thing with you. And I think, you know, doing that changed me. I didn't do it going, I, I want to, learn about this so I can write a show about it. It was like day four or five where I was like, Oh, cause I'd always wanted to do Edinburgh fringe ever since I heard about it, but I didn't, I didn't want to go and just do stand up. I was like, this is a place where like experimental theater is encouraged and I want to do that. And I want to do it in a place where I, you know, maybe it felt like a safety net. I'm like, if they accept my show idea, it'll be like, oh, this is the thing that belongs here. Like I, f I couldn't just go up and be like, I'm going to do this weird one hour show at the comedy store. Cause I'm like, oh, my peers will be like, are you okay? Um, <laughs> what's going on? Which didn't happen by the way. Everyone who came to saw it, I not, saw yeah. it. I got great feedback from it. I was like, thank God. Cause yeah. my ego or whatever, I was like, it's a one woman show. Like I was like, uh, I don't, want to, I don't want to be doing a one-woman show, but it's like, why? Why not? You're a uh, performer. Yeah. Stand-up is was basically an already a one-woman show. Exactly. <laughs> it was so silly. And so <laughs> the show idea, you're not allowed to write anything down during this um, retreat. Like you're oh. supposed to just let things flow. So I had to like really try to pull ideas or just like make mental notes of like, okay, don't forget this. Cause that would be good. But 
basically it was a very manic creation. I, in January when they started taking, cause this happened in, I did it over, I was going to say Christmas break, but we're adults, but it was over I like, say that. I, get yeah, it. I know, but I'm like, what am I on a break from? We're on summer break right now. <laughs> That's true. We're on life break right now. Jesus. That's true. Um, just, ugh. <laughs> but in January, when they opened up submissions, I pitched it. I was like, here's a show. And like, I didn't created the show. I was like, here's an idea I have. It's going to be multimedia and uh, it'll, it'll be like immersive theater where everyone's on this journey, but you get to see my, my personal journey. So what I did was I was like doing silent physical comedy of a person trying to meditate. And there was a screen where it had all these thoughts like looping. So I was playing myself having thoughts in my brain or like doing weird characters or impressions of like people from my life. Um, like I did a lot of my mom and there was a scene of, of me being abandoned by my father mm-hmm. and I play my like boyfriend who had broken up with me before the quarantine and also just like weird random, like Julianne, like a nightmare Julie Andrews because <laughs> there was some point in the actual meditation where like, I felt like my thoughts had a British accent and I was like, why am I doing an accent in my head? Like what? And I couldn't stop it. I was like, what is this? Um, and I couldn't voice it. my brain, like Amazing. looking for entertainment. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was something I'd never done before. And I had uh, a friend who had like some video editing. I, he, you know, offered to produce it and thank God, because I was like, what am I, what am I doing? So from the time they said yes, in like early February, I was doing a place swap with a comic from New York. So I'm just in New York. And there was three or four days where I was just holed up in Brooklyn. Like, I don't think at the time I was like, this is probably like an unhealthy episode I'm having, but I was like chugging iced coffee and just like hunched over my laptop. Like, and then and this will happen, writing a whole script, which ended up being edited down. Cause we had to fit it in an hour and like figure out what worked, but it was basically just, we show like one day at a time and it would like flash a card like day two. And, um, I got to do this very unique thing that I I think I would never have come up with or done if I hadn't done the silent meditation. But I also, like I said, I think it, um, doing the show made me more comfortable with the idea of doing things outside of standup. I think I had this sort of maybe douchey like stand-up purist like I'm just gonna I'm just a stand-up man (laughs) and it's like no it's I like to create I like to do other things so it gave me the freedom to do that but also I don't think I had ever been able to just be with my thoughts I do you guys meditate yeah yeah do you know that feeling oh sorry oh no go ahead I was like do you know do you know the feeling of like when you hit that point where like the thoughts kind of stop. Have you ever had that where you're just sort of Zen? Yeah. Like there's nothing racing. I don't think I had had that before mm-hmm. I did this meditation to the point that I was like, this is a thing. Like you can just not have a million thoughts going through your head. And I don't know. I think that like changed me dramatically mm. as far as my mental, my emotional health and like really, maybe even the the scope of. I really admire that you went from like zero to a hundred, like you never meditated and then you did, you completed the 10 day. That's a lot. 
I mean, that is just a reflection of how I live my life, <laughs> except for I actually completed this thing, which yeah. is so rare that I'll be like, this is why I have to also limit things like my news intake. Cause it's like, I'll be like, I should become a politician <laughs> and then like start doing paperwork. And it's like, you're, I'm not going to be a politician. Like, what are you doing? It's too late. But yeah. yeah, I'm like, it's, it's on fire. I'm not coming in for that mess, but yeah, no, I'm very, I think I'm someone who, in order to get into something new, I I'm just someone who I have to jump in the pool. I can't mm-hmm. like wade into the water. Mm-hmm. I have to just like fucking leap and hope something catches me. Cause otherwise I'll it. never go for it. Mm. Bowie has this really good quote. I don't have it memorized, but essentially he says like in your passion or your work or whatever it is, like if you can feel your feet on the ground, you're not in the right place. It should feel like when you're in a pool and you don't know if you can touch and it's just too deep that you reach down and you can't touch, you know, yes. that you try to feel it. And it's not there. Then you're in the right spot. Like I love that. Yeah. And that's what you do when you just dive in. You're like, you're, you're someone who doesn't need to know exactly how, but you figure out how by just jumping in. Yeah. Which is not always, I think it's a little reckless sometimes with decisions I've made of like, let's go full force. But it's also led to things that work out really well. It's the reason I do stand up that I would just one day was like, I want to do stand up, And then I went like eggs all in the basket and it worked out. So it's, it has been interesting because I had this moment uh, during quarantine, which was very helpful and healing to me because I think that's a thing I've always judged myself about that. It's like, why do I have to like go 3000% when I want to try something? But I also started looking at my life and like the, the things I have accomplished and I realized, and you know, and maybe this was like, maybe, you know, this is overly hopeful or maybe it's like narcissistic, but I was like, well, when I, like, when I really decide to go for something, I can make it work. And like, that's a power that I could really kind of harness if I could figure out a thing I wanted to do, (laughs) which is really the issue. But I'm like, wow, if I could really find something to direct my passion behind, like, I want to find a way to like help people or maybe something in the mental health, emotional, spiritual world. I'm like, if I could just figure out what it was, I could really do something. Well, isn't it interesting that when you stopped doing anything at all, you found something you wanted to do in your huh, show. Yeah. So maybe yeah. do less, less, and you'll know Absolutely. what you want to do. I think that's such a gift for all of us and such a lesson is that as hard as this is, we're all on pause. So we're kind of in this rare opportunity mm-hmm. where we can really examine and think about what it is we really want to do with our lives. And it's, mm-hmm. it's and a gift that I, and yeah, act. it's yes. Yeah. It's like, we're all being given a chance to wake up to who we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love what you realized about your journey, how like each thing led you to where you are. Yes. That's a really beautiful perspective that you're lucky you've gotten there because yeah. some people can't see that yet. Absolutely. Regrets and frustrations and um, grudges. Yeah. So much can like block out where you're supposed to go because, you know, I guess you can't see the forest for the trees, but we all get, you know, caught up on these little tiny things that at the end of the day, it's like, it does it matter. But, and I do it too. I still get hung up on Mm. some petty, why am I angry about some dumb Mm. thing? 
But it's like, if you can pause and like, let go of all that, or not even let go, but let yourself process it. Like let yourself actually feel the emotions that come from something making you angry instead of just going, "Mm, but I'm just going to carry on. You, you can maybe get to that. I've always felt like from the minute I started doing stand up and felt a connection to it, I have always, I've tried to be good about reminding myself and acknowledging that's like, it's very lucky that I found a thing that I connected with at at a relatively young age. Like that, you know, some people just haven't found their thing and that's not bad. It just, you just haven't yet. And there's no wrong or right way or like timeline. Mm -hmm. Right. So I've been grateful for that. And what I think is really cool is you grew up in Anchorage. Yes. Alaska. Uh, So what did you think? Like, I don't know. Did you know, did you think of the world as much bigger because you grew up in like kind of an isolated place? Is that fair to say? For sure. I think I always was someone who was like, I moved to Anchorage when I was in sixth grade, we had, um, my, my parents got divorced, my dad left and my mom is a maniac. I love her. We get along now, but like, it was definitely like, she packed us in a car and drove us from Southern Mississippi to Alaska and was like, it's an adventure kids. (laughs) Which was, I didn't realize by the way, to watching that movie, the Pixar movie inside out that I was like, Oh, moving is a gigantic trauma. (laughs) Yes. Like I knew it sucked changing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As a kid, I was like, this sucks. But I'm like, Oh wow. That's heavy. Uh huh. Uh, So we went from a place where like there was no snow to like, we're pulling into our house in Anchorage and like sliding across the parking lot. Oh, why Anchorage? She she had gotten a job there. So, but I think she also was only applying for jobs as far away from as possible. I think I have a lot more empathy now as a kid. I was like, you didn't think about me and what, but it's like, here's this woman who's around 40. She lives, we lived in a very small town in Southern Mississippi because my dad had been stationed in the city over in the military before he retired. Everybody knew everybody. Her husband ends up being this like drug addict who leaves his family and like Mm. everyone's talking and she can't afford to keep the house. She's, you know, very much like a single mom on a single mom, you know, salary, Mm -hmm. barely getting by. And I think it was just like, now I understand the idea of wanting to just fucking start over. Like I want to redo this. I mean, I think a lot of people have had that thought of, I just, and I don't think it's real. I don't think you can, you know, outrun all your emotional problems by going to a new city, but Mm -hmm. I understand why people are like, if I just change the scenery and especially in a small town where everything reminds you of everything. Totally. But I think as soon as I got to Anchorage, I was like, yeah, I'm, I got to get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) And I loved it. I had fun. Like I, I have amazing friends who still live there who would love if I would just give up and come like open a comedy theater in Alaska and just be near them. But like, I think I, yeah, I always knew I wanted to go somewhere bigger and like, mm. I want to be in a city. I want to be, you know, just somewhere where life is moving and maybe there's a lot less snow. <laughs> <laughs> you picked so, the right city, LA. <laughs> absolutely. Like yeah. it was so funny because it's, it was between New York and LA when I was deciding to move and now being in LA after, you know, 10 years now, I'm like, yeah, I made the right choice. This was, this was a good choice. I love LA. Yeah. But 
it, it's such a, like who I am now is such a far cry from who I was. And also who I think I would have been if I stayed in Alaska. It's very oh, much, totally. I'm, it's a red state. It's, you know, I grew up listening to country music and like, which I still love, which people make fun of me for relentlessly. Oh, but I love country music, but I, I love the stories. Yeah. yeah. It's good. It's good storytelling. Absolutely. I and like, I can't, you guys, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad well, we're talking. That's <laughs> so listening. funny. Well, and even like the spiritual stuff, which I've, you know, gotten more into the longer I've been in LA, you know, both, you know, emotional, like working on my mental health or my, you know, getting in touch with my spirituality or especially this stuff like tarot cards and, but even stuff as small as like physical health, like eating healthy. And I don't think I would, any of this would have crossed my mind in Alaska. Like if 17 year old me met me now, they'd be like, what are you, some sort of hippie? Like what, what (laughs) happened? Did you smoke a bunch of, and I'm like, well, it's actually, yes. Uh, <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> Angel but, dust. <laughs> yeah. It's just one of those, you know, kind of blue collar cities where I think, I think being in, in a blue collar city, locking yourself into sort of a nine to five lifestyle, you know, and, and I don't begrudge anyone who does it, but I think you don't have the time to really consider bigger things. You know, it's, it all goes into like math. Aslo's hierarchy of needs where like you can't reach self-actualization when you're like, how am I going to feed my kids and pay all my bills? Mm-hmm. Like there's no time to think about the bigger meaning and we're in a great place. And I think especially people who manage to figure out how to freelance or make life in LA work where you mm-hmm. don't necessarily have the, the normal schedule. And especially now where we're all just at this standstill, but we have like, we have an opportunity to really, think about those things. And the more you think about them, the more you realize how much of it makes sense or how much of it fits your life. Oh yeah. And that's why the conservative party is so scared about, uh, get back to work, reopen things, mm. get the worker bees back to the nest. Like, yes. or the hive. More and more people are realizing, wait, it doesn't have to be. Oh like yeah. This. I, have this amazing thing I can contribute to the world and I want to put my effort into that. Why am I working for someone else nine to five? Yeah. You're like, why am I the, a cog in this machine? And really having that moment to examine, you know, even the system that America is and going like, I mean, I'm curious how many people who, you know, maybe leaned more conservative before this were like, actually like socialism kind of makes sense. <laughs> I or, hope a lot. <laughs> yeah. Cause to me, even at the very beginning, I was like, I mean, you can't be a reasonably intelligent person and not at least go, well, there's some pretty good points now that we're all fucked. Yes, exactly. Well, and I think that, and that's why, you know, a lot of, there's a lot more older conservatives and I feel like the younger generation is liberal and maybe in the next few, you know, deck a much bigger percentage of the population sort of leaning toward that. But it's like now more than ever, we have this opportunity to, and not to be, you know, I don't know if this is a cheesy thing to say, but to kind of like wake up to Mm -hmm. what reality is and realize that, yeah, all all of these things are just false creations. Like we built this society Mm -hmm. and... And everything is connected. We are all connected and we need each other. We need community as human beings. Yeah. Yes. So badly. And And I think... 
money isolates. That's the one thing that isolates. And mm. if you have enough of it, you can fully remove yourself from community, from the connection. Yes. And that is when chaos happens and mm. imbalance. And mm. that's what the 1% is. It's insane. Yes. No one should be that. I mean, you, you can have so much money that you don't even relate to the like humans as a group. Is, as a species. Yeah. Is nuts. That, like you could see people dying and be like, doesn't affect me. Literally. Like it should affect you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That should affect you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not Very simply. Say, it's not cheesy to say awakening on this show because I we, are, <laughs> we are witches and we believe that we're in this divine feminine uprising, like this a major awakening where more and more people are realizing all that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and more people are leaning towards like, wanting to heal themselves and others instead of wanting to like um succeed more over someone else yes Mm -hmm. yeah exactly Mm -hmm. I love that let me get conspiracy ish I was gonna ask you Ah! (laughs) I was gonna say something do you think (laughs) part of this happening and not to dismiss the seriousness of the virus and like everyone should be staying safe that maybe this is sort of the universe kicking some people's asses into awakening like that it's like all right well you're not fucking figuring it out Mm. so i mean the timing i don't know if it's a conspiracy but the timing of it it all is just like the universe it's not a coincidence yeah um yes and i think for me i see it really sort of simply as nature's uh I guess, responsibility. I think that nature is this huge force whose responsibility is the balance of life. Nature doesn't discriminate against the life of a bug versus a tree versus a human being. Absolutely. We're not special. No. Nature will do whatever nature needs to do to Mm -hmm. restore the balance of life. When we overpopulate and we uh, overproduce and hack away at nature nature is like there's too much life right there we're gonna take some of it out Mm, and so nature has a virus that develops it's it's not disconnected yeah no i absolutely agree there's a show there's a new show on netflix called connected and it's about Mm. how everything is connected nature science everything and there's this one specific episode i just feel like you'll like this jessica it's about poop and how like they can literally tell (laughs) (laughs) they can literally tell the happiness of this city in london by looking at the feces because they can tell like oh during this days of the week friday saturday sunday there's like a high concentration of cocaine and then in the rest of the week there's like (laughs) antidepressants so people are depressed and they're like actually using a lot of drugs during the weekend it's crazy they can like tell everything down to the side just from poop and that's how small and like just Oh, huge. The world I mean, that's at the same time. That's crazy. I mean, it makes sense though. It's so funny, but like, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that, that something as small as that could be like, yeah, no, this is a population that's not doing great. Like there's, <laughs> right. this is like biological evidence of suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can tell that just from science, fecal matter. Yeah. Fascinating. It's incredible. You are what you eat and you are what you shit. <laughs> yeah. It's and whatever true. you put up your nose to. <laughs> <laughs> it's all connected. Yeah. What oh is your gosh. sign? I'm curious. I'm a Leo. I just had my birthday, August yes. 1st. Oh my gosh. Um, so I'm, I'm, 
Thank you. I'm big time Leo. I think, I think when I was younger, there's a lot more of the like common traits of the sign that I could really attach myself to, but yeah, it's, I don't know. When people talk about, about astrology, I'm shocked when they say a lot of the You're like, things. it checks out. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Do you know yeah. what your other placements are? Um, hold on. I think I still have the CoStar app. I don't know. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I might have shut it down. Mm, that's okay. I don't. I know. Let me see. I'm like, let's just chat for a minute while I re-download it. <laughs> um... <laughs> It's so funny. I just had my friend, I don't know if you guys know, Lisa um, Chanu. She's got a podcast called What's Your Sign? And she just came on our podcast and did like astrology for Harry Potter because his birthday is the 31st. I love it. Um, and so she read like a moon, like a whole natal chart. Uh, but Wait, shit, no, I don't that, remember. Oh, I no. Think, is he also a Leo like you? He's a Leo. Okay. Oh, yeah, but he's... According to all the information, he actually turned 40 this year because, like, he was in the, the books are written like in the early night, like, they take place in the early 90s. I don't know. We learned all this from doing the podcast, but um, that's funny. He's, uh, he's a Leo and Gryffindor is the lion, right? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. I pulled it up. I'm, nice. I'm a Libra moon and a Taurus rising. Ah, that's all I know. Okay. So you're going towards your rising, which means you're going towards being more um, stubborn in a good way, like sticking up for yourself, I think. Really? Oh, that's... Yeah. Oh, God. I think that's God, sort thank of your God. journey. <laughs> that's, I mean, that has been an ongoing journey for me is learning that prioritizing yourself is not selfish. Oh man. That's been yes. a very, that's been an upward struggle for me. Yes. And I was going to say earlier with your, um, like workaholic <laughs> workaholism, yeah. um, <laughs> that you, you, uh, you sound like the boss all the time <laughs> instead of Hilarious. the boss and the employee. I guess that yeah, that's so interesting. Because, of like, like you can always have a conversation with yourself on how am I treating my employee? Am I being a good boss? Am I being a good employee? Do I have enough That's such a, time? Wow. Thank you. That yeah. is such a gift I, of a way to reframe it is to go like, okay, like is just looking at like, okay, if this were an outside boss, yeah. being like, mm-hmm. just work every day. No big deal. Non-stop. Also, there's pretty much no money. Uh, <laughs> but you know, just love it. Yeah. <laughs> And don't complain ever. (laughs) Yeah. That's such a gift that I think is so important, especially for anyone who's self-employed, especially Mm -hmm. that like, how would you want an employer to treat you? How would you want, if you had an employee, them to look at how you're, ah, that you literally just gave me a gift. I'm so happy to. It was given to me before. Yeah. Recovering perfectionist. So I've needed a lot. Ooh. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah. Yeah. You get it. (laughs) (laughs) So have you had your cards read? Um, no, not, I mean, we've done our like angel cards in my house with my roommate years ago. Like, but we didn't know what we were doing. We're just like, Oh man on a horse. It means good luck. You know, like (laughs) what does the book say? (laughs) Um, so no, 
Okay. Well, I'm excited. I have Me this too. deck, Revolution of Self-Reverence. <gasps> Ooh. Um, I think this will be strong for you because it's such a bold deck. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. Cover on that alone. I'm into it. And also, uh, I'm here for self-reverence. I am like, who the fuck am I and who am I becoming? I don't know. I think that's, <laughs> that's that Taurus. Yeah. I guess so. I love that you said that. Because it's been an active work. Like I've been literally like, no, like you can say no to someone and it means you're saying yes to yourself. I'm such yeah. an overcommitter. Yes. You need to be a no first person. It will free you from your own life. I've, I've employed it the past couple years. I love that. No, and no I like first. envy people who are just like, I can't. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> Me neither, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I'm just going to disappoint you later when the thing you asked for is half-assed because I've said yes to too many things. Yep. And that's not good either. Nope. <laughs> uh, so do you have anything you want to ask the cards today? Anything specific you're wondering about? I mean... It's okay if you don't. I don't have anything really specific. I would love to look at, you know, is there a career transition? And in my future, because I, you know, I think we're all in sort of an identity crisis and I don't know if it's just, you know, what we're going through, but it will go back to normal or am I moving toward something else? Right. A new normal. Is that specific enough? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> this deck is like highly symbolic. So I'm going to ask for a sign for you on career change. Yay. Okay. Let's do an inhale together. Hold it at the top. Okay. Ooh, love letters. Love letters. It was right upside down. Game. I don't know if that matters when you uh, showed it to me. Deck. Yeah. Okay. I know that it's different with different decks. Yeah. <gasps> My God, she has the hair I want. Oh. <laughs> Maybe that's a sign. Dye your hair purple. I mean, I've been there. Before, it's so much right? work. Yeah. yeah oh. I've done like half pink, half purple. I love it. It's just, I'm, I'm fucking lazy with the upkeep. And then it yeah. just starts to look like a shitty gray. And I'm like, Damn it. I know that part's sad when that happens. I hate that stage. Yeah. I know. It's like, oh, everything, nothing lasts. It's a reminder. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm reading this as you need to like journal out or like write a love letter to yourself and like maybe dream about what could be next for you or what you would love to do or what your strengths are and how you can, what like makes you feel in that magical flow that you were talking about before where it was like easy and fun. I love mm. that. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. Beautiful. I'm taking. Wait, can you keep holding? It? I'm going to take a picture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yay! I and love the that. Yellow be... matches Rachel's nice shirt. Little reminder. I know it is. It's <laughs> it's very fitting it <laughs> aesthetically. It looks great. Yeah. I love that. Love that. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for saying yes to us, Jessica. <laughs> I mean, no, of course. Anytime. I adore you. It's so great to meet you. Yeah, this was, you I'm, too. Thank you for asking me to be a part of this. I, oh, of course. Yeah. This has been awesome. Is that an animal? Awesome. What? It is. This, oh, this is my dog, Moki, um, <laughs> which anyone li- just listening won't be able to see, but like I named her after one of the fraggles oh, and she's I like love- a little... <gasps> Those eyes, those like she's got like people eyes. face, Whoa. yeah, and she's got a little snaggle tooth. It's crazy. She's like the she's cutest. she's magic. 
people. And I'm sure everyone says that about their own dogs, but like <laughs> she is. She is. Oh, please keep She's her so around sweet. for the picture at the end. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, I will. Yes. So everyone can see. Um, all right. I'm going to thank the cards for that reading and then let's plug it in. Yes. Where can the find you? Um, anyone, you can find me anywhere. <laughs> There's social media except TikTok. I haven't given in. Uh, <laughs> At JMS Comedy. We have. <laughs> good for you. I just am like, it's just one more thing that I'll be like, oh, it's not good enough. Uh, that's me saying no, you know? Uh, good for you. And it will be the downfall of my entire career. No. Uh, no. Um, so Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, JMS Comedy. I also have two podcasts. One I do alone. It's an interview podcast called Ignorance is Hashtag Blessed. Um, and then the other one, which I mentioned before, which is currently all Harry Potter. I do with another really great, hilarious comedian, Nicole Amy Schreiber. And that is called Two Filthy Nerds. And you can find those pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. Amazing. And in closing, we do a basic blessing. This is something we're each grateful for today. Right now, any of us can start. (sighs) I'm grateful for YouTube. Um, I got on a rabbit hole of self-discovery on my human design type, and it was all free information that people recorded explaining my type, and it helped me feel valid and not crazy. I love that. Hell yeah. So, thank you, YouTube. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to go down that rabbit hole after this. <laughs> yeah, I should. <laughs> you should. Amazing. Um, I am grateful for nature. I just mm. took two days and went out to the desert. Um, and it's, it's just, I don't even think of myself as a nature person, but getting out and like putting my phone down and disconnecting, it really is, it like recenters me. I think I need to like, mm. I need it to cleanse my soul. So I'm very grateful to live somewhere where it's, uh, you know, I'm in a city, but it's very accessible. It's easy to get to. Ah, Mother nature. Um, today I'm grateful for color. I just love color. I'm so grateful that I can see it. It's like every day, just pretty things. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jessica Michelle. Thanks for having me. This was wonderful. I really appreciate it. Yes. Witches, this show is made possible by listeners like you who contribute on our Patreon. If you want to join the Basic Witches Coven, become a patron. And as a thank you for your support, we'll give you all kinds of witchy goodness, like card readings and custom art. We'll see you in the coven. Hexo, hexo. Basic Witches.